Ladies and gentlemen, the Brit Pack is back. Well, I say the Brit Pack, you're only getting half of the Brit Pack for this special bonus episode. It's me, Simon Head, coming to you from Rochester in the UK. My my colleague and podcast inspiring partner, Chamak Hosandu, not available uh, for this one. I'll let him explain himself on the, on the main show a bit later this week. But uh, unfortunately, it's just me for this one, but I felt that this needed to be done it needed to be uh, discussed piece of history went down in Abu Dhabi here on Saturday night I'm sitting here recording this at 11:33 p.m. UK time on uh, Saturday August 24th the night that Khabib Nurmagomedov defeated Justin Gaethje via triangle choke submission in the second round at UFC 254 to retain and unify the undisputed UFC lightweight title at UFC 254, it took his career to 29-0. But all of that is just secondary to the fact that after the fight, he got his corner men to cut off his gloves. He put his gloves down in the centre of the octagon and he told John Anik, that was my last fight. Khabib Nurmagomedov is now retired from professional mixed martial arts. Uh, a huge moment for the sport, a huge moment obviously for Khabib and for his family who have been through absolute hell over the last year. Uh, Khabib's father, Abdul Manap uh, Namagomedov, his coach, his father, his mentor, and a coach and mentor to a host of uh, emerging Dagestani fighters and existing Dagestani fighters have already made it onto the world stage. He was the father figure of Dagestani MMA. He, uh, he lost, he lost his, uh, he lost his life due to complications arising from COVID-19 uh, in the summer. And uh, during that period of time, Khabib was looking to try and try, to try and defend his title against Tony Ferguson. He ended up stranded in Russia. And it was all during all that turbulent time that his father was taken ill. His father then passed away. And we wondered what was going to happen uh, because Khabib, while being one of the most famous sportsmen in Russia and one of the most famous fighters in the world, is a pretty private guy. Um, he's not. He doesn't court fame and fortune and superstar status. That has just been hoisted upon him through his successes in the octagon. And uh, he made the decision that he was going to he was gonna carry on fighting. Uh, he got in there with Justin Gaethje tonight, won the fight in superb fashion. It was a great performance from him. But then after the fight, he confirmed that he was going to retire. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that he would look to get one more fight, maybe push for that George St. Pierre fight that I know that he was really keen on. See if he could get to 30-0 and 0 and get a win over GSP in the, in the process and then bring the curtain down on his MMA career. But no, decided to do it at 29-0. and 0. And the reason, simply, he promised his mum. And uh, when you promise your mum something, especially when you've had the, uh, the events of the last few months, then... Uh, you stick to your promises. So uh, all respect to the eagle, Khabib Magomedov, for uh, laying down the gloves inside the octagon, passing up the opportunity for a huge fight with Conor McGregor or a huge fight with George St. Pierre or a huge fight with anybody, Tony Ferguson, whoever he would have got in the cage with for that 30th professional fight. That would have been an absolute blockbuster. Would have earned him an untold amount of money um, and could have cemented his legacy at 30-0. and 0. But none of that matters at this point because family comes first. 
and he made a decision to lay down the gloves and retire from the sport. So other than the fact that he's retired, we also found out that things were far from right heading into this fight, notwithstanding all of the grief that he'd gone through in the lead up. Turns out that he fought with a broken foot, two broken toes and a broken bone in his foot. We also find out via Kevin Ioli um, of Yahoo Sports that he also had the mumps a couple of weeks before fight night. And uh, everything was just very turbulent in the lead up to the fight. And uh, he fought that that fight with Justin Getschy with, with broken bones in his foot. And uh, he just wanted to get that fight done, get it through. And uh, Dana White said in the post-fight press conference, something looked off with Khabib all week. And uh, you could almost smell the upset in the air because Khabib didn't look right at the weigh-ins. If you saw his reaction on the scale when he made weight and he brought both his hands and held his face, it looked like a, a relieved man. Um, he looked he looked a worried man getting on the scale. On, on the scale, he looked a relieved man when they announced his his weight at 155 pounds. And uh, apparently, around the hotel and uh, you know on his way to the cage and all the rest of it, he didn't look like his normal self. But when he got in the cage, boy, he looked he looked like his normal self. All right. And then some. The pace that he pushed in that Justin Gaethje fight was incredible. Uh, for those who watched the whole event, they will know that the, the Fight of the Night award went to Casey Kenny and uh, Nathaniel Wood, who a couple of bantamweights who fought in a 140-pound catchweight fight. The pace that they set through that three-rounder was insane. Absolutely insane. Khabib set a similar pace in round one, in a lightweight title fight against Justin Gaethje. I've not seen a fight uh, at that sort of weight class fought at that pace, I think, ever. Um, unbelievable pace to that fight. And uh, Gaethje did his best to try and try and uh, stem that pressure and, and sort of ease the pressure as Khabib just kept walking him down, kept walking him down. And it didn't matter how many leg kicks he connected with. And he connected with a few. And it didn't matter how many big left hands he connected with. And he connected with a few of those as well. Khabib just kept on pushing forwards. He was not going to be denied. He was not going to be beaten. Eventually, he got Gaethje down at the end of the first round. And then in the second round, he uh, he got him down again, finished him with a triangle choke. There was actually uh, a couple of taps from uh, from Gaethje, but referee Jason Herzog, from his position, couldn't see uh, because Gaethje was almost up against the cage and the tap was was right up against the cage. So you couldn't really see from... If you were standing in sort of the central part of the octagon, you wouldn't have seen it. Eventually, you saw it, but by the time you got to it, Gaethje was out. Um, so it goes down as a technical submission. Even though he did tap, by the time the referee stopped the fight, Gaethje was out. So um, a technical submission goes in the books, um, both on Gaethje's record as a loss and on Khabib's record as a win. 29-0, 13-0 in the UFC, wins over. Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, Al Iaquinta, Edson Barboza, Michael Johnson, Daryl Horcher, Rafael Dos Anjos, Pat Healy, Abel Trujillo, Thiago Tavares, Gleason Tebow, and Kamal Shaloris. That is his slate from his time in the UFC. Made his debut in the UFC January 20th, 2012, having moved down from welterweight to lightweight to compete in the UFC. He was 17-0 and 0, um, after defeating Kamal Shalorius and he just went on a run. And uh, he's 
he's barely looked beatable in that time. He looked, I think probably the fight with Gleason Tebow was the one where it felt like he'd been pushed almost to the limit. Tebow gave him a really good fight at UFC 148. Uh, Khabib got the unanimous decision in that fight, but if I remember rightly, there were media members who felt that Tebow might have done enough to win that fight. Um, I felt Khabib had done enough to win it at the time, and uh, he did on the judges' scorecards unanimously. And uh, he went on from there, and uh, he eventually captured the uh, the UFC lightweight title at UFC 223 on the 7th of April in 2018. But I want to wind it back a little bit from that. The day that he really became a star for me, I think he sort of served notice that he was due to be a star back at UFC on Fox um, in April 2014 when he defeated Rafael Dos Anjos, who himself would eventually go on to win the UFC lightweight title. And kind of ironically, he would get there before Khabib did. Um, Dos Anjos, a cardio machine, a guy who I think a lot of people were high on at the time, was working his way up. Another one of these unfashionable fighters who is just really hard to look good against. Khabib utterly dominated him to go 22-0 back in April 2014. But the fight that really, really made a statement was UFC 205 in November 2016. That infamous event uh, where the UFC made their debut at Madison Square Garden in New York. Um, myself and Sandu were both over there in uh, in New York that that week, uh, we actually recorded a podcast from Madison Square Garden during during fight week. Uh, had a great had a great memorable week over there. Uh, a lot went on that week actually. Uh, during that week, a certain Donald Trump was elected president of the United States. Um, I remember sitting in a bar with uh, with my, my friend and colleague John Morgan from MMA Junkie, having a few uh, after work beverages and just watching. All of these states turn red on the TV and uh, everybody just open mouthed in shock at what was happening. And I was there for a piece of history. And, I, you know, some of my work colleagues, uh, Danny Austin uh, from Canada, from uh, from from the Calgary Sun, he was there. He got sent off. He got converted from sports reporter to a political reporter after a phone call and was told, go and report on the Trump rally. A colleague, Per Hallistam, um, who was taking photos for me um, while I was there working for the UK press, um, he uh, he 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 flew off to the Trump rally as well to get some to get some pictures of the uh, of the victory parade as well. So, and and myself and John were just sat there gobsmacked. So, it was a weird kind of week. A whole lot went on. That was the night that Conor McGregor, who was the featherweight champion at the time, stepped in to take on Eddie Alvarez. Uh, and, uh, of course, he, he absolutely hammered Alvarez, dropped him about five times, I think, to become the first ever champ champ. But a side story to that whole event was Khabib. Khabib, obviously undefeated, working his way up through the ranks, had defeated someone considered to be a leading contender in uh, Rafael dos Anjos. Um, and... Uh, Beat Daryl Horcher, who was a stand-in. I think he was due to face Tony Ferguson, actually, ironically, uh, at UFC on Fox uh, in April 2016. Uh, got the win there. And then he got Michael Johnson, a UFC veteran lightweight, a guy who really, really experienced guy, good hands, solid wrestling credentials, good all-round fighter, uh, who was capable of giving 
giving the best fighters a, a real a real run on his day. And uh, Khabib during fight week was not a happy camper. He was miserable. He turned up for media day. He had his hood up. He was grumpy. Um, he, he maybe it was just my questions. I don't know, but he he wasn't happy. He I was talking to him about the fact he's got this. this he was on this incredible winning streak. Yet he wasn't he wasn't being given the big fight. Connor Connor came in and got the big fight and. He'd done all the legwork in the lightweight division and was given Michael Johnson. And he went on this on this rant and uh, basically called the UFC rankings a load of bullshit. And uh, he wasn't happy. And it was hard to disagree with a word that he said because he'd done the hard yards and felt that he deserved to be in that title fight. And um, all that frustration, I think, carried over into fight night because he walked into the cage on fight night. And after getting stung a couple of times early on by Michael Johnson, he went in there and put on a clinic. He took Johnson down and beat him up. At one point, he had Johnson right up against the cage, right near where we were sat on press row. I was front row of press row, and he was right up against the cage, with probably no more than about eight or ten feet from where I was sat. And um, you could hear Khabib talking to Johnson, saying, you must, you know, you must quit. You must quit. I need to win the title. It's my destiny. You need to quit. And Johnson's like, I'm not quitting and stuff like this. So Khabib would start hitting him again. No, 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 you must quit. And in between rounds, Khabib would be sat on his stool. He was the other side of the cage to us on his stool. But we subsequently discovered that in between rounds, he was talking to Dana White saying, I want to fight your son, Conor McGregor. I want to fight your son. And uh, Dana's like, you just concentrate on your fight you know, that you're in the middle of right now. But that's how much this whole thing was pissing Khabib off. And uh, Khabib then eventually went out there third round uh, and uh, submitted Michael Johnson via a Kimura um, during the middle of the third round. The performance itself was a statement, but then he got on the mic afterwards and we hadn't really heard, heard Khabib really going off on one in public. I mean, at media day, it, he made it very clear that he wasn't he wasn't too happy with how things were going. But then he got on the microphone and he cut one of the great promos uh, in UFC post-fight interview history, um, where he went, he went off on one and just said, "I want to fight your, I want to fight your chicken." You know, at the start of the year, this guy tapped like a chicken. Now he's got a title fight. All this other stuff going on, and um, it was a, it was a big moment. It was a big moment. It laid the groundwork for what would be one of the most heated rivalries in UFC history. But what it also did was elevated Khabib from this relatively, I mean, this, this this respected contender, but it made people care. It made people really buy into what he was doing. He wasn't just a dominant fighter. He was a dominant fighter who really, really had set himself above the pack with his performances. And then he decided, enough's enough. I need to speak up. It was kind of a mouse that roared moment. And that really put him up there. He then fought Edson Barboza, one of the most dangerous strikers in the division, dealt with him. He then got the chance to fight Tony Ferguson at UFC 223. Ferguson, who was the interim champion at the time, tripped over a Fox TV camera cable um, and did his knee ligaments. He was out. Al Iaquinta stepped in and they fought for the vacant title. Iaquinta did a good job of taking Khabib the distance. But Khabib utterly dominated him. I think two of the scorecards gave him 
two ten eight rounds or three ten eight rounds even. Um, utterly dominated him and uh, won the vacant title at UFC 223. That was April 2018. Then came the McGregor fight at UFC 229. The one moment when Khabib's facade really cracked. Khabib has been all about respect. The thing that upset him was when he felt he was being disrespected. Then there were situations when um, he was he was just calling about respect, conducting himself with respect and all of this. And Connor really got under his skin and uh, went over the top with some of the stuff that he was saying in the lead up to that fight. It was all about fight night. Khabib goes in there, bosses the fight, finishes him, makes Connor quit, makes him submit in the fourth round of that fight. Point proved, you've won the war, move on. But Khabib flipped. He jumped the cage, he attacked Dylan Dennis, and all hell breaks loose. We have a fight inside the cage, we have a fight outside the cage. And all of a sudden, Khabib doesn't get presented with the belt, he doesn't get the moment where they, him and Connor have to stand in the middle of the cage. And Khabib has his hand raised while Connor's standing there. That really should have been the moment. That should have been the moment where Khabib can just stand there with his hand in the air and say, you said everything you said, look whose hand's being raised. That moment never happened um, because all hell broke loose. Um, they, they had to separate them and uh, everything was dealt with separately. He wasn't even presented with his belt in the cage. But he won the fight. Uh, the bad blood has since continued. Um, but Connor uh, tonight, I think, has put out a tweet uh, wishing Khabib all the best and uh, sending his respects to the family, which was a, a nice moment. So uh, I'm pleased that that happened. But that, that chapter of Khabib's career was then done. He then moved on, took on Dustin Poirier in Abu Dhabi. Uh, a dominant performance. Very different kind of fight as well. After all the bad blood of the McGregor fight, the Poirier fight was full of respect uh, all the way down to how the fight finished. Rear naked choke submission, but almost even like uh, football style. They swapped shirts uh, before the announcement. They both had these UFC uh, shirts branded in their respective names and nicknames. They swapped. So if you look, go back and look at any photos from the aftermath of that fight at UFC 242, Poirier is wearing a Khabib shirt. Khabib's wearing a Poirier shirt. And uh, I know uh, T-shirts were, were auctioned off and the money, both from Poirier's kit and Khabib's kit, went to the Good Fight Foundation, which is Dustin Poirier's charity. Uh, another sign of respect from, from Khabib there. Um, after defeating Poirier to uh, to retain his title and to unify the belts, because at the time Poirier was interim champion, uh, and that happened again tonight at UFC 254, uh, due to Khabib being forced out of the action for a while due to coronavirus, and he ended up being stuck in Russia. Um, he went back to Russia to train after he thought the fight was going to be in Abu Dhabi with Tony Ferguson. They then he went so he went to Abu Dhabi. They were inside. It's not going to be in Abu Dhabi. So he went back to Russia, at which point lockdown happened in Russia. He couldn't get out of the country, couldn't get over to Jacksonville to uh, to face Tony Ferguson. Gaethje steps in, stops Tony Ferguson in the fifth round, takes Ferguson's interim title and his shot at Khabib. Um, we've seen five attempts by the UFC to, uh, to book Khabib and Tony Ferguson. And now that fight isn't gonna isn't gonna happen ever because Khabib has just retired. So uh, that chapter is gonna be one of the great unanswered questions. Could Tony Ferguson have been the guy? Um, we will never know that now, which is a great shame. Uh, 
But um, sport leaves these unanswered questions sometimes. But Gaethje stepped in, got the job done, best performance of his career, really turned in uh, one of the one of the great performances uh, in a UFC lightweight fight to to earn that title, to stop Tony Ferguson, and to get the shot at Khabib. When everybody thought that Gaethje was going to be the guy to give him his toughest test, I said it on this show. Um, he's got that collegiate wrestling background. But when push came to shove, I also said, we don't know how Gaethje's going to be off his back. Khabib is so relentless. If and when he gets the fight down, what can Gaethje do? And we found out on fight night, the answer was not enough. And uh, Khabib got that technical submission victory. Um, but as for Khabib and his legacy, 29-0, and um, I think he will go down undoubtedly as the greatest lightweight uh, in UFC history, probably the greatest lightweight of all time. I can't think uh, of another one that comes close, to be honest with you, uh, from outside of the UFC. So he, for me, number one lightweight of all time, no question. Then you're talking about the greatest of all time, pound for pound. That's a much harder argument to have because there will always be an argument when it comes to the pound for pound goat. Um, Fedor is in that mix. John Jones is in that mix. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is in that mix. George St. Pierre is in that mix. But I do think, I do think that Khabib is in there with them on equal terms. I think whoever you pick to uh, to be at the top of your number one, sorry, to be the number one on your pound for pound rankings list, I think Khabib has to be in the conversation. He's in there somewhere. If you know, if 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 you look at those uh, that elite group, and I'd put Khabib above Fedor. So you've got Khabib, Demetrius Johnson, John Jones, GSP. So you've got four there. And I think you take a look at those four. Um and uh you could you could perm perm any combination. And I don't think I don't think it would be unfair on anybody. So uh for me. I think he's he's right up there. Um, whether he's number one all time, I don't think. I don't think he probably is for me. I think he, he might be number two. I put GSP above him, um, just for the sheer length of his championship reign. Khabib's title reign came very late in his career. Um, like he's been he's been a champion, or he's been a defending champion for just three fights. Um, I would have loved. So I've seen him go on and, and go on a, a long dominant run. And people like John Jones will have the edge on him on that. Demetrius Johnson will have the edge on him on that. And obviously GSP. Um I'd love to have seen him in a in a welterweight title fight as well. I think he was capable of being a, a champion at 170 pounds. I think uh he was always very tight at 155. And um I would have been intrigued to see him at 170 against some of the guys at 170. He wouldn't have been the biggest at 170, but uh, neither was GSP. Uh, and you, you look at GSP and uh, Khabib standing next to each other. Um, uh, you know, there isn't an enormous difference between the two. So, And that's why that matchup would have been so interesting if it had ever happened. Um, it's a shame that it hasn't. But uh, again, it's one of those, it's one of those great fights that we're, we're going to look back on and say, oh, I wish we saw that. You know, Fedor versus Randy Couture when they were both in their prime. That would have been a great fight to watch. Um, John Jones against Anderson Silva when Anderson Silva was in his prime 
and moving up to light heavyweight. I would have loved to have seen that. Anderson Silva versus GSP when they were both in their primes. The world would have loved to have seen that. That would have been the biggest of all time. So those fights, those fights are fights that we can we can talk about and debate what might have happened because they never will. Um, and unfortunately, Khabib and GSP looks like unless we get some revelation in the next six to twelve months, then I think that one's going to be filed away along with those others. So, um, but yeah, in terms of legacy, Khabib's right up there as one of the greatest of all time. But I think his legacy outside of that will be bigger. I think he's opened the doors for Dagestani fighters and the wrestling pedigree of Dagestani fighters is unlike anywhere else in the world. Um, and he was one of the fighters that really helped open the door for, for Dagestani fighters. And they're now getting their chance on the world stage because Khabib has been there, seen it and gone to the top and proved that that fighters from that region are capable of challenging and beating the best in the world. Um, his father has an awful lot of him, uh, an awful lot of involvement in that legacy as well. And I wonder whether Khabib will move into that kind of role next, whether he will carry on his father's work and become that figurehead um, for um, the team Eagles MMA in, in Dagestan and continue that relationship between that team and American Kickboxing Academy in, in San Jose, California, and uh, Javier Mendez, who's done such a great job in his corner, um, especially since the passing of his father. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Khabib next. Is he just going to disappear off off the grid? Um, that wouldn't massively surprise me if he did. Um, but is he going to stick around? Is he going to be the figurehead of Dagestani MMA? But from a coaching perspective... That wouldn't surprise me either. I'd love to see that. I think that would be I think that would be a huge thing for for sport in that region and would really help build on what he's actually done already. So um but I just wanted to do a quick reaction pod as a as a result of everything that happened on on uh, on on the night. It's just clicking around to midnight now. Um and uh it's been it's been a big night. It's been a it's been a pleasure covering Khabib's career. I've only got to I think I only got to meet him twice. I, I covered him at UFC 205 and uh, I got to chat to him at the press conference um, before the um, Dustin Poirier fight. They actually held a press conference in London at Cafe Royale in uh, in, in uh, London, England and had the, chance to talk, had the chance to talk to him there as well. Uh, super respectful guy. Um, they've built schools in his name back home, you know, and... That's the sort of guy he is. You know, he wants to give back. He wants to help the next generation. So don't be surprised. It might be the last time we see Khabib Nurmagomedov wearing those UFC gloves inside the cage. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the corner of a few of his teammates in the coming weeks, months and years. But uh, yeah, the end of an era. The end of Khabib Nurmagomedov's reign in the UFC. And the big question now is, what happens next? with the UFC lightweight division, Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor are looking to fight towards the end of this year, maybe early next year. Will there be a belt attached to that fight? Michael Chandler has just joined the UFC. He was the backup fighter for the main event tonight. Will he fight for the title in his first ever UFC fight? Is Tony Ferguson back in the mix? And what about Justin Gaethje? He said, give him a few weeks and he'll get back in there again. So, 
the lightweight division will certainly move on without Khabib Nurmagomedov, and it will still be super exciting. Arguably, it will be even more exciting if only for the reason that the most dominant lightweight in the history of the sport is no longer ruling the division. All bets are off and the belt is up for grabs and I can't wait to see what happens at £155 in the next few months. I'll wrap it up there. Hope you enjoyed the fights. We'll be back a bit later on this week with a regular installment of the Brit Pack. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at the Brit Pack MMA for the show, at Simon Head for myself, Sandu MMA uh, for Sandu. And uh, we will be back to talk to you a little bit later in the week. But uh, respect to Khabib the Megamedov, who retires at 29 and 0.